100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and myfmbank.com. On the phone with us as we social distance again, the uh, interim city administrator for the city of Hendersonville, Dave Lamar. Dave, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Great. Great well, Friday. Good. Everybody's healthy? Yes, sir. That's a good thing. Um, well, we thought we'd uh, get on the phone with you today. Now, this is kind of a new position that was created not that long ago. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, I came on board December the 10th. Uh, the aldermen have been uh, discussing this uh, since last budget year, July 1st, uh, approximately a year ago, uh, when it uh, was discussed in the uh, in the budget uh, with the board of men aldermen. Okay, so uh, you were you're named interim, so you have that in quotes. But uh, is it going to be an elected position? Is it just something that uh, they're going to choose? How does how does all that work? Well, one of the things uh, I can preface that, uh, Tony, with uh, it's in a charter. The city's charter allows to have a city administrator uh, to run the day-to-day operations in the city. Okay, uh, but they, the never, they just never did it? Never, or? That's right. They're never elected to put oh. that position in place. Okay. Um, and as the city has grown and grown and grown and, and so on, uh, they felt it was time. And in fact, the, the pri- previous Mayor Foster uh, mm-hmm. put it, uh, he was going to try to get it in the, in the budget a few years ago, but it didn't pass. So the alderman decided at this point in time, a year ago, that uh, as big as the city was getting, many employees, this has 360 employees uh, and $60 million budget, uh, there was, was time to have someone run the day-to-day operations uh, that had experience in management, uh, fiscal management, uh, supervisory, things like that. So, um, Well, on behalf of the taxpayers, know, I'm glad we held out for as long as we could. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. why not save the dough, right? Right, exactly. And and one of the things, and, and there's no, uh, and again, I'm not here to, 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 to slam anybody or to uh, criticize anybody, but the one thing in our charter that says uh, when you run for mayor, you have to live in the city uh, one year and be 18 years old. I That's got the only requirement to be mayor. And it's a popular election. And so right. uh, you get people elected a lot of times that may not have the background uh, or, or the, the knowledge to, to run a business. And, and or, or like you said, you know, it's just growing so much. You know, um, I'm assuming some balls were maybe getting dropped, and that's just going to happen uh, as things get bigger. Exactly, and that's that's where the aldermen were. The things were not getting done in in, in a timely fashion to their liking, uh, mm-hmm. and so they uh, they looking to hire a permanent city administrator, and it got stalled back and forth. And uh, one thing led to another, and they just uh, uh, they said, "Well, we're going to have to get an interim in here." And the good thing, Tony, about the interim. Uh, is they said that the if whoever they hire is interim, they did not want that person to be able to apply for the full-time position. They want somebody to come in here and be able to say no and, and make some tough decisions and, and do some things so that the, the permanent city administrator would have a little bit easier road. I got gotcha. you. A new, a new so you just sort of uh, got to clear out some landmines and, and really figure out what the position actually <laughs> entails, I'm assuming, right? Right, right. And again, it's the day-to-day operations, the budget, the personnel, mm-hmm. uh, the hiring, firing. And, and in a city this big, uh, 
with 360 full-time employees, there are HR personnel issues oh, yeah. every single day. Absolutely, so. yeah. And plus, you got you have to keep your eye on the ball. You could get so caught up in the HR, it would prevent you from doing the other stuff, too. Well, that's funny. I was almost late for this meeting because I was back in HR dealing with the situation with some employees. So, yes, yeah, I, it's well, a day-to-day thing. I happens get caught up in it. With us humans, you know, that happens. But uh, you have some experience, like you said, in management things. You were the former parks director, too, right? Yes, sir. And uh, I started uh, with the city August the 6th of 1979. So I uh, was with the city for 38 years when I retired, and um, actually uh, became Parks Director in 1992. Went back to Western Kentucky, got my master's degree in, in uh, administration, and uh, became director in 92 uh, when the gentleman before me left. And so uh, Hank Thompson appointed me director in 92, and then I retired in 2015. Um, and, and again, with longtime employees like myself, uh, a lot of times the, the guy that follows you has a tough time. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't work out for him, so uh, Mayor called me uh, in 2018 and said, hey, would you come back for a stand as an interim park director until we find some, a permanent one? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I came back in 18 for about nine months. Um, we, uh, in the process, hired Mr. Gilly uh, back there to be a parks director, right. uh, who, by the way, is doing an outstanding job. Yeah, well, uh, he's been a part really, of the parks and loves has loved the parks his whole life, so... Oh, that's yeah. He's born and raised here, and he, so he's seen. He's come up and, and seen what what the park system means to the community. So, mm-hmm. um, left in November of, of eighteen, uh, and then of course they called me and said, "Would you come back for a stand as, as interim city administrator?" So I come out. I've come out of retirement twice, and then of course everybody bugs me about, "Hey, how many times <laughs> are you going to come out of retirement?" Yeah, exactly. Um, what are you, Michael Jordan or Brett Favre or something? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. I've been, I've been called that. And a few mm-hmm. other names they call me. Too, calling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so who does the city administrator report to? Is this the alderman thing, or is this with the mayor? How, do, how does that work? Well, the mayor being the CEO and chairman of the board, so the board of men aldermen comprise the 12 aldermen and the, and the mayor, mm-hmm. uh, 13 votes. They they actually voted on to hire the city administrator. So, gotcha. Uh, they voted to hire me uh, back in December. Uh, so it's a team thing. Uh, yeah, so I, basically I report to the alderman, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Right. But uh, you guys are talking all the time, you and the mayor and the alderman. You guys are always, I'm sure, in communication. Yeah, I have, I had an alderman in the, in the legal department in my office till 5.30 yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I probably speak to three to five aldermen daily uh, about different items and things coming up on the agenda. And, and, of course, we've got a real hot topic we can probably talk about it in, in the next section uh, on the trash. But, uh, yeah, yep. we, well, oh, I yeah. talk to the alderman daily, talk to the alderman daily, email them, um, and one of the things is communication. When I first started back uh, in December, that uh, some things weren't being communicated out of city hall. Whether it was whether it was a staff person, whether it was uh, another alderman, or whether it was uh, a department head. And so what I do is daily send them uh, the COVID numbers and, and how the, the county's looking and the state's looking, mm-hmm. and I just send them notes of things going on during the day. Hey, this is going on, and right. uh, or whatever. So uh, I, I communicate daily with them and. Uh, give reports at every board meeting of what's going on every two weeks and well, things like that. So you know, since you, you know, it's kind of a good thing because you've been, like you said, in government since 79, so you know the lay of the land, you know Hendersonville, you know the area, but, you know, in this new position, anytime an organization, I don't care if it's a city or anything else, gets big, there's just stuff that gets in the way. Um, things get slower, people are resistant to change, 
um, any typical organizations that have been around a while, in particular in government, um, when you first came in, were there some pretty big, I keep using the word landmines, but are there some things like that are just getting in the way of moving forward that you you got to try to either navigate around or make it easier, quicker, faster, more nimble? Yeah, one and one of the things that was, was kind of stymieing the board and, and, the, and the organization itself um, was a direct uh, alderman A calling a department head and saying, I need you to do this, this, and this today, and I need this paperwork today, or I need a copy of the right. budget uh, to the finance director, and I need all these things outlined, and I'm going to pick it up this afternoon. And well, that's just one alderman, and then you got other ones going, I need this, yeah. and I need... Yeah, so you so, get mixed messages, yeah. That's right. So the aldermen were going directly to the, to the staff and the department heads, and, and they were getting behind on their work, and they were frustrated. So uh, basically, the city administrator, they, I, I requested that they go through me on everything. Now, if they request uh, something from the finance director and said, hey, can you get, give me a copy of last year's budget uh, in the next few days, I have them copy me, and then I'll, I'll usually shoot back to, an email to them saying, hey, Robert, when you get a chance, right. uh, get this to, to Alderman A., uh, but don't put anything behind that you're doing. Uh, like if he's working on year-end stuff right now because of the, of the fiscal mm-hmm. responsibility, I said, don't put that you know behind and don't get it behind for the state government. You know, just put this in, on your an order of business. So right, because um, I mean, people, you know, they're focused on what they're trying to get done, and you know, nothing's tougher than having multiple bosses. And and if one hand's not talking to the other, it's like, well, what do I do? I got to get my own stuff done. Um, so I think right. intentions are always good, but there was probably adjustments that needed to be made on the alderman's part as well as the department heads. I'm assuming. I mean, right. And we, again, when being a new position, they haven't had, they never have had to go to somebody between the departments, so they just, you know, right, when they started right. going to them, and in fact, one of them had to back up and came and apologized one day and said, hey, listen, I, I, mean, I mean to go through you. Well, I, it just I, happens. You, it just happens. Yeah, it happens. You know. And so I said, we'll, we'll work through it. it. It's a process. And I said, uh, but it's a lot better now than it was seven months ago when I started. Yeah, um, yeah. And it'll continue to improve, I'm sure. Right, but it's still, it's still changed. And, and the city administrator's position, and, and probably the biggest stumbling block, is that the the people elected a mayor and they feel like they've some of them been been sidetracked because now they've hired someone to take some of the duties of, off of the mayor that the responsibilities now of the city administrator. So it's mm-hmm. been a little contentious as far as some um, people think. Well, we elected a mayor and now you've done this, and so mm-hmm. uh, that's the change. Probably this has been a little more contentious than anything. But it's right. um, the, the mayor and I get along and. Uh, uh, again, it's just a situation that it's. Um, well, there's uh, there's plenty to do for everyone, I'm sure. Oh, trust me. Yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, that's sort of the point. They, they wouldn't have created the position if that wasn't the case. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, how does this work? In uh, we're not the only county on the planet that or city that has this. Um, how, how does did you know what you were going to step into, or did we have some? advice and some, you know, some things we could look at to say, well, this, you know, the way other people do it? Yeah. Um, in fact, Tim Ellison in Goodlesville and, and uh, Jerry Herman at White House have been very, very good to work with. They, they are in a similar situations with uh, city manager, city administrator, and mayor form of, of government. They've got it involved. Uh, Franklin does, uh, Smyrna. Uh, so there's several other cities around us that, that have this uh, city manager in place uh, for the for the same reasons we talked about, just because of the growth of Middle Tennessee. Right. Um, so I, I was able to bounce things off of them uh, and get things straight. Now you mentioned something a minute ago, and I, I probably need to follow up on it. One of the reasons why 
uh, the alderman came to me and said, would you come back and help out, was you mentioned it. I know where the bones are buried, okay? Yeah. Being here yeah. for almost 40 years. Well, you don't want to throw somebody office. brand new into this when, number one, we don't know what the position is really going to ultimately end up being because you're kind of figuring it out as you go, what responsibilities you do want to have, some that you don't want to mess with, some that we don't need anymore. I mean, that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? That's right, and so that's that's exactly the reason why they wanted an interim. They didn't want the job permanently, so they could, you know, um, I think my son said it best, it's kind of a headhunter. You just have to go in there, make some decisions, um, and decide who's responsible for what. Uh, in fact, I just got through going through the code, the, the Hendersonville Code booklet with Kay Franklin, the uh, record, city recorder, and uh, John Bradley, our legal, and going through the code that says the mayor does this, mayor, 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 and to change some of them to city administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the mayor still signs checks. The mayor still signs contracts and agreements. Uh, he still appoints the planning commission and other boards. Uh, he's the chairman of, of the board when the meetings are there. So some of those duties and responsibilities are still his. But like, uh, Well, in some cases, it seems to me the city administrator might be helpful, in fact, that you know if you're trying to look at a bunch of contracts and you're trying to get things done, but you also want to read them, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes you, you're so overwhelmed with the amount of work, you don't have a time to do a deep dive, and you might be going, raising a red flag on, hey, let's not sign yet, we got to get this kind of worked out, or this bug, or that bug. It's always good to have multiple sets of eyes looking on things. Right, exactly. And, and now what we have, it's funny because our, our process is, is the city attorney looks at the, the contract first, mm-hmm. and then I look at it second and initial it, and then it goes to the mayor for his final signature. So we've already put two sets of eyes on it <clears throat> yep. prior to the mayor getting it. Uh, and if one of us has a red flag, we, we won't sign it or we'll say, put a post note on this, say, Mayor, we need to talk about this before you sign it. Yeah. So yeah. It, is, it is a little bit easier on, on the, the contracts in that case. Right, exactly. We're coming up uh, on our first break here, uh, Dave. We appreciate uh, Dave Lamar uh, being uh, on the show with us today. Uh, here he is the Interim City Administrator for Hendersonville. We're going to come back with more of the program because lots to talk about right after these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FNM Bank. On the telephone with us, Dave Lamar, Interim City Administrator for Hendersonville. Okay, so uh, you found yourself in this position. You're seven months in. Um, what are, what have been some of the surprises uh, that you weren't thinking you might deal with? Anything? Uh, any surprises? Well, uh, not real surprises. Again, the H the HR the personnel issues uh, were a lot more than I thought. When I was back in the parks department and parks director, of course, you had a, an issue every once in a while with an employee or something come up. Or, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't a big deal. But well, now you got three hundred and sixty of them. So. Right, and, and you get with the police and fire, which is a very, uh, and you know what's going on in the world today with, uh, oh gosh, uh, with yeah. the public safety and things mm-hmm. like that. So uh, the, the the human resource and, and the personnel issues are uh, magnified a lot, and then um, so that was kind of a hurdle that I wasn't expecting to, to climb. But um, I got good people back here in HR to help me, and department heads again getting down board. So that was probably the biggest hurdle, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Tony, probably the, the second biggest hurdle was moving forward with the, to hire a permanent city administrator. Um, I see. Yeah. And, and getting those things lined up. And that's so what, what, the, when is the, the point? Had. Do you have an idea of when? Or you, I mean, it could take you a little while longer to get all this going, I'm assuming. Well, and, and what we started, we started December the 10th or 11th about advertising a position nationwide. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Basically, we put it out on the street for 30 days. Uh, we got 24, 25 applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, HR and the MTAS, uh, who's the, the uh, legal for the state of Tennessee, <clears throat> um, went through the applications, narrowed them down to 12 uh, that were qualified, that met the qualifications. Uh, and then uh, I put together a selection committee uh, and tried to keep it as non-political as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put the MTAS uh, uh, representative on there, our HR director, myself, um, and then I got uh, two people from the community, um, Rick Fox and Rita Lee, uh, great people that have been around a long time. Uh, and then I put Tim Ellis and um, Jerry Herman from White House uh, and from Goodlesville, the two gentlemen that are city administrators. So because they have the experience. They yeah. have the experience. And so uh, it, we kept the alderman out of it. We kept the elected officials out of it because they're the ones going to be voting ultimately on the person. So uh, basically the selection committee went through um, – several months of work and then the COVID hit and then it process oh, right. was kind of stymied. And so well, we couldn't and interview anybody in person. Yeah. You, you know, you don't want to string people along forever, but on the other hand, there may not be a lot of other options out there right now. So, right. And so what we did, we just, uh, the committee got together and finally narrowed it down to five people. Uh, one of the gentlemen from, uh, Lynchburg, Virginia pulled his name out of the hat and he decided to stay where he was. Mm-hmm. And so we proceeded with the other four people and interviewed them via zoom. Um, twice on two different occasions and then we narrowed it down to three and then narrowed it down to two um and then had them come in last thursday as a matter of fact a week ago oh, yesterday uh, they came in for you're making meet, me nervous just talking about all this <laughs> yeah i came in for a meet and greet uh we took them around town showed them you know all aspects of hendersonville mm-hmm. then uh, from two to five they had 15 minutes each alderman had 15 minutes with each candidate uh mm-hmm. to talk to him, ask questions. Oh, that's a good idea. Him. Yeah, that's a good and idea. And then we had a Zoom interview this past Tuesday uh, with the candidates and all the board. Um, and next Tuesday, we're going to take the two candidates to the board of men, Alderman, for a vote to the board to call one of these people. So we're seven months into the process. Um, and wow, hopefully, that is a long uh, interview process. Yeah, it really is. And, and the candidates have been great because they've understood uh, they're both from good uh, backgrounds of city administration, county administration, and they they get it. And they know what's going on. Uh, the, the COVID deal has, has hit them, too, where they are. Uh, and, and so they, they've been very professional to work with. And, and, but it's uh, probably been a little bit of a relief for the alderman knowing that, you know, you're, you're not trying to stay in this position, you know. So Correct. you Correct. can kind of clean it up a little bit, uh, set the table, so to speak. Not that everything will be perfect when they get started, but right. um, like you said, better than just walking in day one going, okay, now what do we do? Right. Well, they gave me a six-month contract. They said they gave me till June 30th, uh, hopefully to get the budget done and somebody hired. Well, we got the budget done, but we couldn't get the hiring process, so they extended my contract through September 30th. Okay. Um, so we're, we're closer than, you know, uh, hopefully next week we'll vote on them. Uh, that'll give us a couple weeks to negotiate with them and the board a contract of some sort, and then on the 11th of August, hopefully confirm everything that we've done, the hiring process, and some kind of contractual agreement, uh, because most of these positions, Tony, is you know, the reality is that they're political. Okay, so okay. if the board flips mm-hmm. and six or seven people get unelected, or new new people get and elected, they just start they pushing people out, and pushing people around go, when that kind of thing uh, happens. Or? Yes, sir. So the average lifespan of a city administrator, <laughs> you'll be surprised, is less than three years. Oh, lordy. Um, yeah, the county Did two finalists know that? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And yeah. it's really funny because I asked them if they've been watching our board meetings on Zoom because some of them have been very dicey 
and they said, oh, yeah, they laughed. I said, that's just typical politics in, in a town like Hendersonville. We, mm-hmm. We're used to it. We've been through it. So they're not surprised by anything. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. Okay, well, why don't we uh, talk? We'll come, probably come back to the, this position again in a little while, but why don't we talk about the big elephant yeah. in the room? What is the deal with Hendersonville and trash? I mean, I'm not oh. sure I'll ever understand what is going on, but this has been going on for a while. What's your What's your take? Yeah, it really has. And, and of course, I came into my position six months into the trash deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, my take on it is, I wished we hadn't changed the trash contract. Uh, again, I didn't have a say; the board voted on it. Mm-hmm. But we had an, another year's extension with Republic that uh, we could have opted to just keep them for another year. Uh, some of the aldermen and the mayor wanted to go in a different direction uh, and, and hire Waste Pro uh, to, to, to pick up our trash. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't gone well since then. The, the contract uh, that they signed, um, and you hit it on the head a while ago, Tony. Uh, it wasn't looked at and run through with a fine tooth comb before mm-hmm. the aldermen voted on it. And some of the things in the contract either didn't get read or didn't get noticed. Well, those are the kind of things up. in any contract that can get missed. Uh, and And so this may be a a thumbs up for why you want a city administrator position. I don't know. Right, and so the contract was signed, and some things were in the contract the alderman either didn't know about or weren't aware, uh, and so it's just it's been a down downhill spiral since then. The size of the cans, taking them to the street, not to the street. Some people put them behind fences and, and behind the, in the backyard, and they can't get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's just been, it's kind of been snowballing for like the first six months, they finally got under control <clears throat> somewhat. When I first got here in December, January, February, kind of got back on track. Things were going good. We were only getting 20 or 30 misses a day. Now, when I say that, you got 19,000 houses to pick up a week. Right, exactly. You get 20 People or 30 need to remember the magnitude of that job. Right, and so if you get 20 houses that get missed out of 3,500 in one day, yeah, that's pretty good, pretty good miss. Yeah. They go back in a pickup truck and get it and so on. So right. we were back on track. Uh, December, January, February, and then, of course, the elephant that's out of the room, the COVID hit. Now, it's gotten worse in their case because of people being tested and more people having the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got workers that have been out. They've got workers that have been uh, But that's with any positive. company, you know, any well, company. Well, that's right. And so they've had trouble hiring people. They've hired temporary people to run routes, and then they miss a street, and then here it goes. Now it's gotten to the point where... They started missing streets, and they got behind, and they haven't caught up in probably six weeks. They've been behind, 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 and uh, they got people laying out on them. Uh, and, you know, the other part of the, the deal is the the unemployment. Um, people drawing unemployment, and they're getting 875 dollars to stay I know. home. I know. And, they, and, the, and whether, it's, whether it's manual laborers out there in, in, the, in the general population or the, or the trash people, they can't get people to go to work. And so it's like if I can make as much so, not, uh, not working. Yeah, yeah, and and the other thing that you noticed, and, and again, I'm not speaking out of school here, but with the people being at home, mom, dad are home, dad's working from home, uh, the kids are home, no school, March, April, more May, trash, June. bingo. They're cleaning out the attic, they clean out the basement, yep. and so all of a sudden now, there is 11 tons of trash more per month than there was last year. That is a tons. bunch, and I think if if yeah. everybody, you know, when you're in the heat of it and it's all sitting around in your yard. I get, I get. You can get upset. Anybody would. I mean, I would. Right. C- clearly, I've, we've had a few glitches where I'm at as well. Um, but if everybody just kind of says, "Well, 
we can get mad or we can try to work together and figure out a way to make it a little better. Every company that I'm aware of that does anything is having struggles because of this. Um, It's just part of what we're living through. And if we can get through this, maybe things will come out better on the other side. But you're right. I don't think people are thinking about the amount of trash that's being created right now. Right. And we had to go to, in fact, uh, it was back in May, we had to go to stopping bulk items, couches, mattresses, furniture. Right. Uh, We would only pick up trash because the bulk items that I know in my street, when I left one morning, um, uh, it must have been a rental house or people cleaning out, but there was a bookcase, a couch, a mattress, and a desk that was sitting out there next to the trash. Now, if that happens in 20 or 30 houses, I mean, that just fills up the trucks. The truck's got to go to Murfreesboro yep, exactly. to, to the landfill, and that's an extra trip. So now we're behind. So and we now have to costs go are going up items. and up and up and up, too. Bingo, that's right. So it's, it, it's a compound of a lot of things going on right now, the bulk issue, the people being at home, more trash than ever, uh, them not having enough people. Uh, and so it's it's just really compound of the problem. Well, it kind of is um, what it is. So we need to kind of think. So maybe once uh, every month, everybody, we just put all our big stuff out and let people go through it <laughs> and have a, yeah. a community-wide uh, you know, exchange of furniture yeah. and stuff that you don't want anymore. I don't know. Well, one of the things we're going to we're looking at doing is they hope to get caught up. They said the first of the week they're going to get caught up by the end of the week. They brought some drivers in from from Florida and a couple in from Mississippi uh, to help out with some extra vehicles. And then we talked about some of the big construction dumpsters uh, that they put on big big construction sites. Right, right. And put, putting five, putting five or six of those around town, putting one of them in the, at yeah. the high school parking lot, one of them in the city hall parking lot. And then telling the people, if you want to put your big bulk items, you get your pickup truck and bring the bulk item to the, one of these dumpsters. We don't have time to pick it up. Yeah. So that's a, that's yeah. a possibility we may do next week uh, if if the trash if we don't get caught up. You know, and this is going to seem like a really dumb question, and maybe so. I apologize if it is, but you know, with everybody at home, you know, you can't blame them for trying to get their houses kind of in order because they didn't get to spend as much time in them, and now they've got time to do work. But I'm assuming exteriors. Um, lawns, landscaping, pa- painting, gutters, roofs, uh, that kind of stuff is getting done. So in a weird way, it might be helping Hendersonville in the way things are looking. Right. Well, and that's, that's a good point. They are the people, uh, I know the yards of my neighborhood, I was laughing, my neighbor, uh, he said, that's it's the best his yards ever looked. He's, he's had <laughs> exactly. Time to work on it. I'm here. Well, yeah. One of the, one of the, the sidebar here too, Tony, is, is that uh, in the contract, uh, Republic used to pick up everything. They used to pick up yard waste and right. limbs and whatever was laying there by your trash can. Well, in the contract, when all had been voted on, they didn't know, but it had been left out. The the yard waste and, and grass clippings had been left out of the contract. Yeah. Um, and so now we got a situation that they're not picking the yard waste up, and they're leaving it, and then people are being um, mad. So that's part of the contract that really should have been looked at a little bit closer. Well, um, it's funny how all um, these things cascade, because then when that happens, guess what? Then you start getting more bugs or mosquitoes or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just one yeah. thing leads to another and another if it's left unaddressed. So what's that right. best solution? But there's a lot of companies that are really picky about what they're picking up now, and I guess it's cost. It's It could be a lot of things. Um, but obviously, primarily, you know, what landfills are accepting, uh, where right. they're located, how far the drive is. Like you said, you guys are trekking all the way to Murfreesboro. I mean, that's not exactly next door. Right. Yeah, you think it's an, it's an hour trip every time it's going one way. So if you've got to empty the truck four, two or three times during the day, 
I mean, you do the math. You don't get a whole lot of streets picked up if you got bulk items out there with a whole bunch of stuff. So right, and I um, I think no, no matter what company is Republic or any other, you know that we respect the guys that have to do that. I mean, that is just hard. It's hard work. That's right, and of course, you know, since the contract been let, uh, you know, I think it was like seventeen thousand in some odd houses. The uh, the last time we did the contract, now we got almost nineteen thousand houses, and right, so right. Uh, the construction the construction end has not slowed down. Trust me, our codes department has been knocking it out of the park, literally with 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 people doing home renovations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing that the COVID's caused is, is all like you said, the people working at home, you know, building uh, porches and building uh, right. decks and. Uh, Guy came by my office the other day that I know is in the electrical business, and I said, "How's business been?" He said, "I've I've done more installation, electrical installations for swimming pools than I've done in my entire career." <laughs> well, he you said, know, I've a lot of people are not going on vacation, so they're, you know, you could look at that as an investment in their property. So it's not necessarily right. a bad thing. But you're right; other things happen. People start working on something they don't even know they're supposed to get permits, or they don't know how to do it right. They're trying. Again, I, I always try to believe that people have good intentions, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Right, right. And so, uh, yeah, I closed the department. In fact, when we shut City Hall down during the, the peak of the COVID and everybody was working from home, right. uh, the closed department, we had to re- reopen them. We actually moved them to the front of the building up here at City Hall. <laughs> yeah, here you uh, go. You guys are front and center now. <laughs> yeah, and so we had to do the, the, the distancing and, and checking the temperature and, and everything every day and uh, because they were doing uh, – 60 and 70 um, inspections a day wow. uh, with the codes. Man. And, and they, they never slowed down. In fact, several, several days was over 100 inspections. Yeah. Uh, and, and the codes girls, they had to bring them back full time. We had one of them alternating every other day so they wouldn't be in there together. And then finally, the codes director came to me and said, listen, I'm going to bring everybody back. I, I don't have a choice. See, well, I so mean, everybody is, they, everybody's working hard to help people get what they all want to accomplish. You're not going to ever make everybody happy, but, you know, the effort is certainly there. We're, we're up against our second break here, Dave. Dave Lamar, the okay. uh, an interim city administrator for Hendersonville, is on the phone with us and our guest today. And we're going to come back with more of our show in just a minute. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. We're back at Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank and our guest Dave Lamar, the interim city manager for Hendersonville. Dave, um, so where we talked a lot about the trash. Where are we at now? What's where's it stand? What's happening? Well, basically, the, the mayor uh, and the alderman really got, they're getting bombarded with phone calls, emails, complaints. We are in City Hall, too. Um, so they had a special call public uh, works meeting last Monday, this past Monday, at 2 o'clock, lasted two and a half hours, uh, with the with the waste company and the alderman and on Zoom, um, and basically trying to hammer out what, where we are. Uh, bottom line is, is that we need to get the trash picked up. So they, they asked the city administrator, myself, and the public works director, and our legal uh, to make sure that we could, you know, move forward with picking it up. They don't want to cancel a contract. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the reality, Tony, is let's just say they, they vote to call a special meeting and cancel a contract. Okay, where mm-hmm. are we now? Right. Well, you could do that. Maybe really maybe up. your alternatives aren't going to be any better. Who knows? That's right. We don't have anybody waiting us in front of City Hall saying, hey, we'll pick up your trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so that's not an option right now. So uh, what we did is we met uh, the next morning again with with uh, Waste Pro. Uh, and just told them pretty much, very frank, hey, we need to get the trash picked up. I don't know what you all got to do to do it. So they came up with with an idea of a, of a rolling deal. Um, basically, 
Uh, they've got the, the cities cut up into, I think, six sections that pick up, uh, or five sections that pick up five days a week. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> most of the time they, they miss a street or miss a subdivision or they don't have time to pick it up that day. So what they're doing, I know where I live, mine's on Mondays, for example. So on Mondays they go through a certain side of town. Well, Monday afternoon when I left and went home from work at 5.30, I noticed there were two streets at the edge of the of the uh, property, of the edge of the of their pickup zone, that were not picked up. Mm-hmm. So what we did on, on, on Monday, they didn't pick up that. So Tuesday morning, they basically starting there and then going on to their Tuesday route. So I got gotcha. you. And then if they are days. lucky, they might be able to finish the entire Tuesday route, and then they're caught up again or something. That's right. Well, the reality is, is they've been behind every day. So they've, mm-hmm. they lack a subdivision or certain streets every day, but they're getting them the next morning so that at least – the, the Monday pickup people, you've got your trash by Tuesday sometimes. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, and then they said, well, we bring in extra drivers, extra trucks, yada, yada. We should be caught up by the end of business on Saturday. We're going to work overtime Saturday, get everybody. I said, well, the reality is that's what we'd like to see. So mm-hmm. here we are Friday at lunchtime, and uh, we're hoping that tomorrow afternoon that they, uh, or tomorrow night they can, they can be done and cut back up so the next week they can get back on schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that's that's a tall order, but that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, Do you think other communities are, all- are going through the same thing? Just because whether it's waste management or Republic or any or what, whoever, I think they actually bought them or whatever. But anyway, um, because of the personnel issues and the uh, COVID thing, is that messed up yeah, other communities I, I, as I well? I think somebody mentioned that Nashville's having an issue, and a couple of the smaller cities are having an issue. Uh, the cities that aren't having a problem, uh, I know Gallatin right up the road from us in Sumner County, uh, has their own trash uh, within the city government. They, mm-hmm. they pick up their own trash. I mean, so they have a little better handle on it because the, Do they the take theirs to the same place? Trust. That's a good question. I don't know what landfill that they go to or where they take it, but... Uh, well, in bigger picture stuff, easy. I'm just going to ask a really kind of an unfair question here, but in bigger picture stuff, Dave, is... What are our what are our landfill options, and has anybody looked at that big picture and thought, well, maybe we need to carve out some areas? Yeah, that's true. We don't. I don't think there's anything in Sumner County. Uh, I know the mayor. Uh, I saw an email uh, maybe two months ago from the mayor. He was meeting uh, with the um, uh, Gallatin officials and Sumner County officials about down the road what we're going to do with our trash, and mm-hmm. uh, evidently in um, Smith. County or Smithville, or there's another couple of counties away from us that that are willing to look at landfill options for cities like us to take our right. yep. in, in say in say two years when Murfreesboro is done, where are we going to take it? So they're, they're right. looking at options ahead of time now to take it to. Um, that seems to me to be really uh, time well spent. Yeah. yeah. Now and it's again, a little it's, different it's, down here than where I'm from. I'm from the Midwest, so they can you know dig holes and they have clay and. Other things, you know, it's not so easy here because you, you know, right. down six inches, you got rock everywhere, so it's not the same. <laughs> no kidding. It's a lot more expensive <laughs> right. to dispose of trash when you start heading south, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then and the further south, the further south you go, you got sand and you got water, and then you got other issues. So it's a That's challenge. Right. You, you, you know? just can't. You can't. It really is. And then, uh, you know, one of the other options, uh, and people, this has come up this week, and I haven't really. Uh, entertain the conversation yet, but uh, uh, people out there thinking, you know, it's just like Comcast and Xfinity and uh, DirecTV and AT&T and so on and so forth, uh, people get their own own trash companies. And there, there are small companies out there um, and said, Hennessville needs to get out of the trash business and blah, blah, blah. So uh, there is some discussion down the road that 
maybe the city needs to get out of the trash business. Uh, well, as long as I've been working with the city, we've we've bid out the trash. Right, so, uh, right. and, and been kind of a, in charge of the contract. But well, another thing, uh, since we're on this, that's unique to Hendersonville is the utilities is is kind of different than a lot of communities as well, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a separate NES, sort of a, sem- a separate separate entity. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because one of the gentlemen that we interviewed uh, early on in the in the, in the city minute process uh, was from a place that had all everything had gas, water, sewer, uh, all the power. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in the city, the city actually ran the whole the whole gambit. So is that, we don't do did any they, of that. Did they find out that that was a good thing or a bad thing or what? You know. Well, it's good because you have all the management under one roof, and, and you can kind of control it to some degree. But it becomes a nightmare budget wise and things like that when yeah. you got to replace. You know, like NES replace power lines and and things like that. So it, right, and, and you don't know if you want government to be in charge of the power business or what. You know, it's like let, yeah. the, let the people who know what they're doing do that. So it's a, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's different everywhere. You just kind of work around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. can we talk about economics a little bit and the uh, impact that's sure. been happening around Hendersonville with everything going on? Is it have, you know, you've had the chance now for the last, I don't know, four to six months, see a numbers come in or lack of numbers maybe um what's what's happening with the city and how are we holding up well uh, to be honest with you we've held up okay uh we had a little downturn <clears throat> because um uh, of course when schools let out in march and then they didn't come back from spring break and everybody shut down uh, march wasn't too bad because we had about a half a month of of uh, revenues and gas tax and uh, hotel motel tax and stuff like that mm-hmm. so march wasn't really bad april is when we got slam dunked um I know the hotel motel tax has taken one of the aspects of it. Uh, the city usually gets a percentage of the motel hotel tax. It was like forforty-five thousand dollars a month. Okay, well, the month of April is like three thousand. You know, it's, it's funny because I think people don't realize the impact that actually has, um, especially right. with, as hot as Nashville was and everything was going on, and people didn't want to pay these crazy prices that are going through the roof downtown. They're looking for these uh, outskirts and getting good deals, but it generated a heck of a lot of revenue. Right, exactly, and, and of course we had uh, our parks department uh, has grown exponentially with with events. I know mm-hmm. when I retired in 2015, we had about 55, maybe 60 events on the books for the year. Um, my parks director tells me now that we had uh, 110 on the books for this year, events, uh, tournaments, uh, you know, yeah. concerts and uh, running well, events. We've, we've uh, been in some of them. My son's yeah. played many a baseball tournament there, so. Yeah, in Rice Creek. So, and of course, that once they shut the COVID, shut everything down, and, and we left the parks open for say for maybe some practices and, and you and your son going down there and hitting baseballs or something. But the all the events were canceled for like the end of March, all of April, and the first part of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that did the motels in, they did the gas tax, and nobody was really coming in and traveling, buying gas and things like that. So uh, we saw a pretty good hit there. Um, but by the last six weeks, we've we've started ramping up. Uh, First uh, of June is when we started back with tournaments and events, and we've had a, at least 60-plus teams in the park every weekend uh, for softball, baseball, uh, adults, uh, uh, kids, high, college-age baseball players, uh, baseball tournaments, fast And guess what? They all need somewhere to stay. They need food. They, you know. Bingo. Yeah, they buy they buy gas and, and beer and food at the mini markets, and the restaurants are full and the motels are full, and so... The economic impact of, of the park system um, 
is huge. You know, just getting everybody back in, uh, back in the swing of things. Now, uh, I'll go along with that, Tony. I mean, even during the COVID, we were shutting down. Anybody was you couldn't get in Lowe's and Home Depot and some of those places. Right. I mean, they were packed. Right. People were doing all that. Oh, I know. Early doing, what, doing the know, yard I was like, work. Wait a minute. This looks groups. like a you know, this looks like a petri dish of COVID here. What's you know, what's going on? I, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll wait to get my stuff. <laughs> right. So the, the sales tax didn't drop uh, as much as we thought. We thought it would really get hammered by the sales tax, but it was a, you know, it was it was a lot. It was better than we thought it was. Okay. And the numbers come in for for May, uh, and the numbers were actually pretty good. Okay. We didn't really lose any traction in uh, in May when we started. For Do kind you of think that's back partly up. because we were just in an area that was in such a growth spurt? Versus maybe a community that's a little more sleepy that didn't have kind of the growth that we did. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I mean, the, like I said, the home building didn't stop. I mean, there's still uh, Durham Farms out there throwing up houses left and right. Yep. Still, I mean, yep. uh, the, like you say, the, the get the um, grocery stores were packed. I mean, you couldn't get in Sam's Club. Uh, you couldn't get in any of the grocery stores. Uh, in the, like I say, the Home Depots and the Lowe's and all the hardware people, uh, the landscape companies. I've got a friend in the landscape business that owns a, a company here in town, and I went down there to get some bushes and pine straw. And I said, well, what kind of a year have you had? He said, I've had the best year I've ever had. I've been in business 28 years. This is the by far the best spring ever. Yeah, I'm it's like, really Whoa. interesting. And, so, everybody, and it doesn't mean that we don't feel bad for the people that have been displaced because clearly there's still a heck of a lot of people out of work. But even in down times, there's always some business that will probably benefit from it. And... Uh, you know, food, housewares, uh, building materials, landscaping, lawn stuff, I'm sure is all done pretty darn well. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. It's a, like I, I told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know what I wished I had been? I wished I was in the sign business because all these signs oh, COVID yeah. and all these the, uh, hanging up everywhere. Every Floor stickers and wall stickers yeah. and, oh, no kidding. <laughs> I, said, I wish I was in that business. Let alone, the, go to Hawaii. let alone the mask business. Of course, the, the down, I mean, it doesn't last forever. It's going to be short-lived, we hope. Um, I hope it's all short that, that uh, this gets behind us at some point. Right, I, I agree. I think, I think you know, again, the numbers are up, um, but I think the testing course, as we all know, is, is up exponentially. I mean, they're testing 30, 35,000, 3,500 people a day, and, and we have, you know, X number of people, still less than 10% right now, um, which I said if it stays under 10%, it, it, it's good uh, it is serious. There's no question about that. I'm not going. I'm not going to argue that point with anybody. Right. That right. I've known people that have gotten sick, and uh, one of the first cases uh, in Middle Tennessee was a good friend of mine. I coached him in high school, and um, a local person here in Hendersonville was really, really sick. And of course, it was, a, uh, and he's recovered. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people didn't recover. I mean, we had right. the police officer that passed away. Uh, uh, you know, he's a retired police officer, got the COVID, and, and passed away, mm-hmm. and it was. It's you know, tragic. So we've had people know it. And people, well, it's, it's, not, it's, real. Not, it's not fun at all, but it does seem, you know, I know there was a study out recently, I can't remember where I read this, that the smaller communities that do their best to stay open are uh, kind of managing their way through this better than the bigger cities who are still shut down. There's no question about it. Now, it's a fine line, and I know Mayor Holt is you know, doing his best to try to keep businesses open but keep the communities safe, and him, him among others, um, are trying to do the right thing, but uh, I think he said a couple of weeks ago I, we talked, and he's like, well, "We can't keep everything closed forever." I mean, it's just right. you know, you're you're seeing it with people's tempers; they're just tired of. I mean, who wouldn't be? Everybody's a little yeah. sick of this. I think I don't know anybody who's like, "Oh, this is great," <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
you know. Yeah, that's right. And, and those are the kind of complaints we're getting. I mean, when the, you have to cancel the fireworks because you're afraid to put – I mean, and you, if you've been in the park in Hendersonville, we have eight to 10,000 people yep. in the park for the fireworks and probably 20,000 people in the outlying areas and they're on top of each other. Well, yeah. we're going to make a decision which was best for the city. You know what? We didn't, we didn't want to put people at risk. Um, we'll just shoot them later. We, with a contract, we'll, we've extended the contract with the, with the fireworks company to yeah. to move it to Labor Day or some other time. Yeah. Um, well, you got to so do the right thing. And unfortunately, Sumner, you know, maybe this was good or bad. Um, just the wake up call we got with the with what happened at the nursing homes. It was just horrible, yeah. and it was bad for everybody. Yeah. But you know, um, it, those people would have passed away in vain had we not reacted because of it. Um, I think it's important that we learn these lessons. You you got to be careful and aware, especially with you said, like you said, underlying conditions or the elderly. Let's just be smart here about what we're doing. Right, exactly. And you know, some states are open back up, some aren't. I've got relatives, and I was born and raised in Boston, so we usually go up there once a year for about a week and visit family and friends. And talked to my sister last weekend, and she said they're still in phase two, and it's a two week. Uh, waiting period when you come in there you have to uh, right. quarantine for two weeks when you come into Massachusetts. I said, well, I, we won't be coming up this summer. So, yeah, exactly. You don't get a month off each time, you know. Um, that's right. Plus, we've got the whole school <laughs> thing coming up and, and we can talk about that in a little while. But, I mean, that's, again, um, you know, you really have to just monitor it really close and figure out how all this is going to happen. So, I think everybody, if they just step back, take take a deep breath. We're all in this together. We're all learning it together. Um, and there, we know a heck of a lot more than we did three or four months ago about it. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, one of the things we try to do, Tony, when we bought the baseball, the first, the first tournament we had back in June, uh, we had 60 baseball teams and we, we told them it, it had a met them at the gate when they came in about being socially distant. Uh, they had to sit so many feet away. If they sat mm-hmm. too close, they had to wear masks. And so we were very vigilant from the, from the get go with our tournaments, uh, with the tournament directors, and, uh, of course, you see when, when you got baseball tournaments or softball tournaments, parents put their 10-by-10 10 10 tent, yeah, little pop-up yeah. tent down yeah. there, and they all kind of sit underneath there. We made sure they were spread out, socially distant, so on and so forth. In fact, the first weekend, we, we only used every other field. So right. The full Did, was the there any results after year. that? There wasn't any big outbreak or anything after those, no, correct? N- not that we know. In fact, the next weekend we went to using a few more fields, and still kept them socially distant because you know yeah. if you got two teams around the it's not like you're going to have 500 people around one field you're exactly have, you got so 10, just uh, it's being team. smart but like you said also kind of being vigilant so that's right and so we we were uh, very vigilant in that aspect and our maintenance guys we only let half the half the crew come in at one time the other half come in the other half of the day and so yep. Yep. we didn't have about 20 of our maintenance guys piled on top of each other so we try to be vigilant uh, that that aspect of it yep Okay, we're talking with Dave Lamar, uh, the Interim City Administrator for Hendersonville, and uh, that wraps up this segment. We're going to come back with our final segment right after these messages. Thanks for joining us this morning on Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back here with Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by F&M Bank. And on the phone with us uh, as we social distance continue to do that, Dave Lamarb, the uh, Interim City Administrator for Hendersonville. Still got to get used to saying that, Dave. Um, (laughs) So, you know, lots of things going on in the nuts and bolts. You're seven months in. You're in the thick of it now. Uh, Probably not any surprises left, but there's still things to do. 
Right. Yes, sir. There's still things to do. I mean, uh, we've got a hiring freeze on, and uh, the employees didn't get a cost of living raise and things like that. So we're we're looking at, at coming back in the fall or even in the January one, and maybe doing something with that because of the budget crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, we talked about earlier about the revenue projections and things, and the, everything was was down. And the um, basically, we started the budget process. Uh, we were fourteen million dollars in the hole, so we Ouch. had to decide. What we, yeah, uh, we we still had um, money that wasn't coming in uh, because of the revenue, uh, and then the department heads requested uh, six million dollars more things for next year than than in this previous year. Mm-hmm. So basically, we had to we had to sit down and do some some hard things. And that's one of the the job duties of the of the new city administrator is the budget process. It takes it. And again, one thing I do like about that, it takes it out of the out of the political hands from the get go. Yeah. Well, in my ward, I need this done. In my ward, I need this done. Instead of saying, okay, this is what's best for the whole city, and so we sat down. And everybody eventually gets their turn anyway. I mean, they'll it That's you know right. it just may not it may be their number one priority, but it may be number six on the cities. You know. That's right. Well, and again, and I'm gonna mention the police chief and the fire chief because they're the two biggest departments in the city. Um, police probably got 150 employees. Fire department, I think, is 130. Uh, so they're they're three quarters of the employees of the city, and they've got the biggest budgets. And so, mm-hmm. consequently, they'll have the biggest cuts. You know, and, and, and when Chief Miller wanted uh, 20 vehicles, 20 new vehicles next year, I'm like, Chief, we can't go there. Okay, we're going to have to come to some agreement. So basically, after the pushing, shoving, and talking, uh, we agreed to, to put 10 vehicles in a budget and take 10 out because we just couldn't afford that other million, 1.2 million for the vehicles and the radios and the lights and everything like that. Right. And then same thing with the chief, Chief Bush in, in the fire department. Uh, he wanted some different things, and I, we had to take things out, and we had to cut his budget. Uh, but one thing the department well, no, uh, no doesn't necessarily mean never, you know. That's right. <laughs> but the, all the department heads were very uh, amiable to get on board knowing the situation. That they, it wasn't just their department. I got them all together and said, hey, guys, ladies, this is across the board, okay? This is, I mean, has nothing personal with your department or you personally, but we've got to get in budget. We can't have a tax increase. This will be the worst time for a tax increase ever. And you I don't said, believe us, get on to Davidson and ask them about their property. <laughs> Bingo. I said, and I told the alderman and the staff, I said, is this new position here? can make it a break. And there's two things that I want to do during the budget process. One, I don't want to lay off any employees unless it's absolutely necessary. I want to keep everybody whole and everybody right. working. Right. And I don't want to have a tax increase. So those are two areas that I'm going to focus on. And if you don't have a cost of living raise, I'm sorry, but we still have your position and your job. You still get a paycheck and insurance and so on. So, well, and for uh, a lot of people, I think they understand that. I mean, we're, a well, lot of people, we're board. all lucky to have work. Right. They didn't, they didn't bash me or bash the department head. I said, listen, this is the best we can do. I can lay people off. In fact, it was a funny conversation I had with Chief Miller when he said, man, I got to have five more cars. And I said, well, Mickey, how many people are you going to lay off? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't afford to lay anybody off. I said, then you can't afford the cars either. I said, mm-hmm. we can't afford to lay people off. We need our police officers. Well, like and you said, said, though, this is everybody working together, and everybody gets it. I mean, they get, they do. This isn't about uh, personalities, uh, you know, getting in conflict with each other. This is about, here's what we have. What's the best way to parcel this out so that we can have the lowest impact on the uh, workers as we can? That's right. And, and, you know, I come from a sports background. I'm a state supervisor for TSSAA uh, High School. And so I told him, I said, I'm going to use this uh, symbolism here. I'm I'm going to say, okay, guys, here's the deal. Get on the team bus. I need you on the bus. I need you as a team player, okay? We can't be pulling against each other. So 
I want you to be part of the team, and we're all going to pull together. You know, it's like a tug of war. We're all on the same team here. Yeah. I, I know it's not pretty. We've got to cut millions of dollars, and you're not going to get everything you want. But I need everybody to be on board, and we don't need anybody stabbing anybody in the back. And so yeah. it went great, uh, and, and they've got the budget passed uh, with no tax increase. Um, and we got a, we got a, a, a balanced budget, um, and we had to take some th- some big projects and some things out that they didn't like. But you know, it, it, the old expression, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I kind of waffle. I go back and forth thinking, man, like this week, I was just thinking, man, this thing is, when it comes back, I think it's just going to go crazy. And then other times I'm like, I don't know, man, this could be worse before it gets better. So you, I think it's the uncertainty for everybody that, that I wish we knew what, I just wish we could skip ahead, you know, a year and say, I wonder, what, wonder where we're at now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know. Everybody was wishing for 2021. I said, well, don't wish your life away. I mean, this could get better, could get worse. We don't really know. Right, exactly. Uh, so um, any other uh, areas that we want to make sure we cover uh, before we wrap up the show today? Because there's, there is a lot going on. Let me ask you this. As the new person comes in, and eventually that will happen, um, and I know you've got a little bit of an extension on a contract here, but you know, it's gonna. There's gonna be a little overlap, I would think, to just get their feet wet and get back in the into the trenches here on what's going on. Yes, sir. That, and that's one of the things that the alderman if uh, requested of me uh, to stay on uh, for a, a period of time to to mentor this person to kind of work with them. Right, because, uh, because I think all the work if you if you do this moving some stuff out of the way, the new person comes in and you're not there or no one's there to really help them navigate. I mean, what's the point? Because then they're going to just do baptism by fire, and that's not going to be good. Yeah, that is exactly right. So, yeah, that's that's a good point, because that, um, in my retirement, I have so many hours I can work a year, mm-hmm. and so I've still got enough hours to save to, to make sure that uh, I can get right. I mean, that We don't want to set this person up to fail, that's for sure. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, knowing where the bones are buried and knowing the political people, and again, um, this is, I can say this on the radio, that there's... There's 13 different personalities up there on the board, mm-hmm. and I've got to be able to work with all of them. Now, they may not like each other, mm-hmm. but I've got to work with this person who doesn't like this person, and I've got to work with both of them. So I've got to, I've got to keep everybody happy on the same page. And so yeah. this person doesn't know. The, they don't know. This is Newport. One's from Mississippi. One's from uh, just south of Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they don't know the personalities like I do because I've worked here for almost 40 years. So I know, you know, Right, I, again, right. who, who to work with, who not to work with, or who's going to work with me, and who's going to not maybe not be as cooperative. And so uh, those are the kind of things the new person won't know. Right, exactly. And everybody's going to yeah. be jockeying for position, that's for sure. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's, that's that's just natural. That's just natural. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, sir. Somebody made that comment the other day. said, well, the new person comes in. I wonder who the first, first person the door is going to be. <laughs> well, whoever wants something well, the most, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, so it's how good. are you happy with uh, how it's gone so far in the seven months as you're, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel maybe a little bit here and uh, uh, getting things set up the way uh, we were all hoping? Yes, sir. And one of the things, probably the main thing when I came on board, uh, the, the departments and the department heads, they were all splintered. They were all over the place, all doing their own thing. No, really, um, there was no teamwork. There was no... Uh, everybody was just again just doing their own thing as far as personnel rules and going out of the box on making decisions they shouldn't. Have. Right, I got the right. team back together, and so within a couple of months, uh, the entire staff now is behind the city administrator, and they said, "Boy, this is this is really good. We've got somebody that we can go to 
We don't have to deal with the alderman directly and get into the politics. We can do our job, and you can buffer. You can be the buffer for us uh, and make the tough decisions. Uh, and so when the, when the alderman asks to, to do something or asks me to do something, man, maybe it's not going to go right. Uh, you know, one of the aldermen was not particularly fond of my decision to do the rollover. And he and I had a little toe-to-toe meeting, and we left the meeting this is the best thing right now that we can think of. Unless you've got another solution, I don't have another solution. This is the only thing I can think of to do. So, um, well, I think we you said it earlier. You know, communication is is the key. But the number one thing, it seems to me, is the is the people. It's always always comes down to the people. So if this person has uh, this priority and the other person has a complete opposite, and they can complain about each other all day long. Uh, but I would never let him do that, and so that's why you get him into the room together. And it's like, look, otherwise you're just complaining to complain. You know, if right. you're gonna if you're gonna be mad about at, at Joe or at, Sam or whoever uh, about such and such this thing, then tell him. Otherwise, you're just complaining, and nobody needs that. And then uh, right. what things is if they don't ever talk, then things fester and fester, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And it you know you find out when you get them together after everybody's done yelling and screaming that. Well, yeah, I, I understand you a little bit now, and you know what I mean? Right. Well, one of the things that I came on board, Tony, uh, was, was, was kind of contentious because they didn't, weren't sure if they wanted the city administrator. So well, I'm sure so you, were, you, know, you weren't going to win no matter what you did. <laughs> right. And when they voted to, to appoint me as interim, it was a 7-6 vote, and it was, I mean, it was down to the wire. Yeah. Well, since that time now I've been on board, we've gone back for votes for things in the city administration and, and my responsibilities. And now it's ten to three, eleven to two. Yeah. A couple of them come around and say, "Boy, we really need this this day-to-day operation." Nothing against the mayor, whoever the mayor happens to be this time, next time, it's right. probably needed just because of the, of the number of things that are going on. Well, and like you said, I mean, what they're gonna—I'm sure what the aldermen are looking for is results. I mean, that's all they're looking right. for, um, and rightly right. so. They're the ones spending the money, so uh, they want to get their money's worth. No question. Right. Well, one of the aldermen told me about two or three months into the, my tenure, he came in, slammed the door one day, and said, I need to talk to you. And I thought, well, that's not a good sign. <laughs> I hate it when they close okay. the door. <laughs> I know. When they close the door, I know I'm uh, And I said, yes, sir. And he sat down. He goes, I'm mad at you. I said, mad at me? Why? He said, because I used to get four or five complaints and phone calls every day, and I'm not getting any phone calls anymore. <laughs> I said, okay. And then he laughed. He said, I guess you're doing what we hired you to do. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, well. life a little easier. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's, Dave, it's uh, any other last-minute things you'd like to, before we close out the show here, to let folks know? Yeah, it's, Henderson was a great place to live. Like I say, we, I raised my family here. My wife was an educator at Beach High School. Uh, we retired uh, still still here, uh, and we're going to stay here through our retirement. So, I mean, this is a great place to live. we got our issues like everybody else, uh, but we're working through them. And uh, like I say, still still a great place to, to raise your family. Well, we sure appreciate you taking the time. I think uh, hopefully folks are a lot more enlightened about what that position entails, why you're there, what we're trying to get done, and uh, it's all about helping the community. So thanks for spending the time with us. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Dave Lamar, the uh, Interim City Administrator for the City of Hendersonville this morning, our guest on Sumner County Spotlight. We appreciate you tuning in every day, uh, sorry, every Sunday at 10 o'clock right here on WHIN. We're going to be back again next week with another guest, and we appreciate the sponsorship of FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and at myfmbank.com for their sponsorship, and we hope to see you again next week. Have a great week.
Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.